I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Early Works, episode four of series two. This is the show in which I ask famous performers and writers to read me the early creative writing of their adolescence. And today, as predicted by Bernie Sanders, I'm asking that of Amelia de Moldenberg. You may know Amelia from Chicken Shop Day or Don't Hate the Play As with an AZ at the end or her new cooking program, which just began, which is on YouTube now. The first episode is with little known open mic comedian Ramesh Ranganathan. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Or you may know her from early work. This that you're listening to right now, this podcast. She brought us stories of American high school movie level nemesis with all the same goals as her and more qualifications to reach those goals. Uh, A completely mapped out future for herself when she was like nine. A plethora of club memberships. Incredibly precocious and judgmental reviews of Vogue magazines. And as is appropriate for someone who is in all the musicals, a list of her favourite things. And then I read out some rap lyrics in a pretty transparent attempt to try and get on Chicken Shop date which hasn't worked yet but it could work if you keep the campaign alive if you want to tweet amelia and say you need to get famous poet and rapper reese james on chicken shop date then i think it's going to work eventually i mean it will be the least viewed chicken shop date episode in history but we've got to go for it okay these are the things you've got to go for it's locked down people are getting desperate let's do it anyway here's the episode enjoy Joining me this week on another lockdown episode of Early Work is Amelia de Moldenberg. Hello, Amelia. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. For those of you who don't know listeners, um, Amelia is probably best known for um, tweeting a photo of a list of her favourite things when she was 10 and then me replying asking her to come on Early Work. Would you agree that, that people stop you in the street and say that? Um, hasn't happened yet, but, wow, but you've been in. You it's been out. lockdown, so I'm yeah. yeah. So yes, I would agree with that. Pretty soon, people are going to be stopping you on the street, saying, "I saw that tweet. I saw that reply." Yeah, or maybe they have, and I just haven't been listening. You know, I've been having my headphones in, and I just couldn't hear. That would be it. You're in a world of your own now, Amelia. If I had to guess what you're like at school. Uh, and I do because it's the first format point of this show. <laughs> um, what I've written is, um, you've got a very '90s kid vibe about you, and now. You, you look offended immediately. No, I mean, I, I had to remember when I was born. What I'm saying is I can picture you fully embracing it. So, like, I can picture you as a kid with, like, a snap bracelet, jelly sandals, leaning yeah. back in your inflatable chair, <laughs> playing on your Game Boy. Um, I can imagine you deadpanning the dance to Reach by S Club 7 and teaching it to a boy, but taking it quite seriously. Oh, my God. Okay, so, stop. I'm triggered by this. Okay. Wow. This is spot on. Okay, oh, good. Okay, carry wait, on. wait, there's yeah. more. Okay. Let's see how far we can get. I put school vibe, I think relatively quiet for the first couple of years of secondary school. And then one day you said something back to a teacher and everyone was like, oh, my days, Amelia is a savage. Or the equivalent of that, because we didn't have savage at the time. So it would be more like, um, oh, sir, you just got owned by Amelia or pwned. That's what people did. Um, so the sort of example I've got, and if this is accurate, <laughs> this would be insane. But I've said is when a, te- you know when a teacher sees two people chatting and then goes, oh, you two stop flirting. Uh, like you'd have said, oh, sir, stop watching. And then everyone would be like, oh, I'm here. 
out wow. of nowhere. Um, and then my final bit of guessing is that potentially you did a rap at a school disco. Is any of this in any way close? Okay, so much of that is like uncomfortably close. Um, so like, were you at school with me and I didn't know? <laughs> were you well, just you like the only boy in the girls' school that I went to? Um, no, uh, that is really close. S Club 7 were probably like my all-time favourite band ever. I have a photo... Holy shit, I mean, what, an ex- what a perfect example for me I to mean, pick. I could have picked three well, other bands yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You could have picked, yeah, at least uh, S Club Juniors. Um, but yeah... There was a picture of me and S Club 7, but, like, it was, like, a photo booth picture that were one of the, like, backgrounds of a photo booth you could choose S Club 7. And so I'm there, like, my head (laughs) is just, like, popping out in them. And I used to show it to everyone being, like, I met S Club 7, whereas I I clearly didn't actually meet them. Did anyone believe that? Did anyone... Well, I I can't imagine the CGI was that exceptional Actually, to be fair, it actually kind of was. I feel like I should try and get the picture up and show you afterwards at some point. But yeah, it was, my head and their heads were the same size. And I think that's normally where you get it wrong is that like someone's head is just way bigger. I also watched all of, I have all of the VHS videos of S Club 7's TV show. Did you know yeah. that they started off as a TV show rather than as a band? No, I did not know that. Yeah. What? So it was. The, so, so it was. They so were hang a TV on. show first, but they were obviously in a band in the TV show. But like the TV show happened before like their singles were released. Oh, so it was like a, fa- a TV show about a, a band, fake as, band. Yeah, and then the band became real, and that's that's And then they were like, "How great!" I didn't know. Oh that. my How god, that? that's great. But yeah, I've got all of them, like um, S Club Miami, S Club LA, Viva S Club. It's when they go to Spain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was such a big fan. And then in terms of like the point about me being quite low key, year seven, year eight, very true. I had maybe I had one friend, um, and then. In year 10, that was when I really came into my own. And it genuinely was because <laughs> we moved... In year 10, we'd moved move classes, like you move sets. I think it's when you start your GCSEs. So I was in these new classes, all these different people, like the cool people for once. And then I feel like I genuinely said something back to someone and people realised that I was funny. And then oh my, my life changed from that moment on. I knew it. How do I know? How did I get that? You just had such a vibe about you. I could just imagine there being that moment where you just, you kind of weren't even really paying that much attention. Someone said something to you. You just said something back that you thought was throwaway because you'd spent a couple of years, you know. Honing my not, craft, yeah. Yeah, well, honing your craft, but also <laughs> not being like this crazy vocal little shit. No, like no, so many not people at all. are. And then you just said something four years worth of cutting barb in one line and then everyone was like where's that come from and then you were elevated lifted up on a chair and everyone said we need to keep you around it's it's mad how that can just change your school life it's so anyway yeah that's me well done well but did you did you straight away (laughs) thank you well did you do a rap in a school disco no never did a rap anything remotely close to that any kind of like assembly performance like extracurricular performing that you didn't have to do yeah, I mean, I was in like, ev- well, like I was in every musical, but I guess that's kind of, I signed up for that. That wasn't like a spur of the moment thing. That was very like planned, very much planned. Um, I don't know if I did anything else other than that. Probably. I just thought, because the, the logic of that was like, you, I was following this train of thought, which was like, you said something funny and then everyone was like, oh, she's funny. So now you had to be funny all the time. Oh. And then you don't want to like Bart Simpson it and be the I didn't do it kid where you're doing the same thing over and over again and then everyone goes, oh, that's actually shit now. So then you had to up the ante by like, okay, you can't just do asides. You can't just do like cutting comments to teachers. You've got to come at it with like a skit or well, some like... one time, this is just a complete fluke, but also was incredible, was that um, we were on a history school trip and um, the teacher was being, you know, just really annoying and, like, showering everyone. And then they picked on me for some reason. And um, then they kept saying... She was like, Amelia, please take your scarf down. Like, we need to see your face. Like, remove your scarf from your face. And I was like, basically, my scarf had got caught in my braces and I couldn't move (laughs) my scarf away. And then it became this, like, massive thing that, like, um, I was just so funny that I, like, purposefully... Got my scarf caught in my braces, but... Oh, you played it off that everyone believed. You now had such a reputation for being funny. Everyone believed you'd gone full, like, Mr. Bean with it. Yeah. And 
you'd sacked off all the like funny lines and you'd just gone full slapstick yeah but it was a complete accident yeah my fuck you had so much goodwill in the bank people were willing to be on your side and say she's just hilarious fuck that's great i never would have got away with that no it was i miss school so much i honestly do it was just such a great time i honestly think wow what a time what a time to be alive well, you did also, you know, you were pretty ahead of the game with the face coverings. Yeah, by forcing I know, yourself it's true. <laughs> to have a mask because of some braces. I yeah, mean, I I'm c- not surprised you missed school if people were that respectful of you. Anyone else getting their scarf caught in their braces is over. You're done for. It was so funny. I don't know why. It was, it was just a very funny moment. Yeah. But you did all the musicals. Oh, yes, yeah, so I did all the musicals. So in year seven, I auditioned for Midsummer Night's Dream and I was only one of two year sevens that were... Um, that got the part so I was a fairy and um <laughs> loved it absolutely I love how loved it's it poli- so like I mean that that's I love it was it would have been such a big deal to be one of the two year sevens yes. I mean it's like getting like being a young player getting an England call up when it's, you're under 18 or whatever exactly but that. It, the fact that you will you're still now talking about it like well I was actually one of the youngest people well, to I get I think it is a very good point Midsummer it's Night's a point dream. to make I think and you know what's even crazy is the head teacher who was Miss Phillips and she was terrifying she coincidentally walked into my audition like during the time of the audition she just was like walking around and she was like oh what's happening in this room so she walks into the audition I'm about to start singing some kind of like twinkle twinkle little star or something and then she sits in on the audition and um she clapped, and I think that's mainly why I got the part. <laughs> oh, great. I can just imagine her, if you say she's scary, doing like a... Just, just wandering in with a slow clap, like, congratulations, you've passed. But, of course, then the whoever it was, the music teacher, whoever was directing the musical, feels like they have no choice. No. You know who's... But to cast you. She's, um, you know, Sally Phillips, comedian? Yeah. Um, that, her mum is Miss Phillips, my head teacher. <laughs> Did everyone what? at school know who Sally Phillips was? No, not really, because Smack the Pony was, like, a bit too early for, like, my generation, like, my friends. But obviously now I do. And I think everyone know- knew her from Bridget Jones. <laughs> Is that not, like, the most exciting thing in the world when there's a cele- someone related to a celebrity at school? Yeah, but it's also, like, you have to know that celebrity. So because be she wasn't... She, she wasn't just, in the collective consciousness. The it collective just wasn't a big deal. Which is a shame because she's a genius. I went to school with some footballers' children. Okay. So I went to school with Lee Dixon's kids. And then Lee Dixon, the Arsenal defender, had a testimonial. And then his children were on the pitch. So they would have been like nine and 11. What does and that they mean, like went, testimonial? It's where, like, at, if, at the end of your career, they give you, like, a... They used to do this because footballers apparently didn't make enough money. So what they would do is, at the end of their career, to give them, like, a retirement package, they would do one big game where all these football legends they used to play with come and play this sort of friendly game, but sell out the stadium because it's everyone's, like, heroes. Okay. And then they get all the money. And it's like a... But now footballers make so much fucking money. I mean, they, they did then as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then now the idea of doing a testimonial, it would be worth nothing to them. It'd be less than a week's wages to it's get that, those tickets sales but they did that and then so the excitement of seeing two people you went to school with on the pitch with like david seaman and just hanging out and then they got interviewed on sky sports as well that's pretty cool okay well when you played that fairy that was your first was that your first acting was that your acting debut um no i was in the year six leaving assembly obviously because the whole class was but um i was i had a main part there and then I was also in um, primary school. I was in... Oh, oh, I was Mary. I was Mary in the school nativity in, in um, reception. Big part. Big, I mean, the biggest, probably the biggest part. It's Mary's story at the end of the day. And then, yeah, I was always just wanting to be in the musical. So I auditioned for every musical, but I didn't get into all of them in secondary school. I was in Annie as an orphan, but I had a solo. I think I was like orphan 12 with solo. Orphan 12 with solo. How many fucking solos were there? No, there weren't that many. That's why I had to have the brackets with solo. And is that because you were a really good singer? No, not even. Basically, I did singing lessons in school and like alongside my studies. And I kind of got to a level where I was okay. 
And then um, in secondary school, I auditioned for the chamber choir, which is like the best choir that you have to like audition to get into. And I auditioned with my friend who is really good at singing. And so we both got in because I think her voice was like quite loud. And so you couldn't hear my voice in the audition. <laughs> anyway, the next the next term came up. We had to do auditions again. I auditioned on my own and I was cut from from the choir and it was really upsetting because it was one of those things where it's like you, you they put the list on the door and just my name wasn't on there so I got cut from that choir but I was also in church choir I was in basically every extracurricular thing possible to do shit I wrote that and deleted it from my guess oh, about what you? you were like yeah I thought that you were probably in all these clubs I was in every club because I was very average at like academic studies but I was like above average at like the extracurricular so what other stuff so you, musicals and singing musicals, lessons and choirs singing lessons um in primary school I did piano but then gave that up because I was I think my mum was like you've been doing this for five years and you still can't do anything so it's just not for you um, what else? Oh, I was in gospel choir for for a moment. Yeah, that suits you. Um, if I look at yeah, you, I would I was say in gospel, gospel choir. choir for a moment, and and then um, that didn't go to plan. Um, what, what else was I in? I was in a club. I was in film club, and I made a short film about a man who owns a button shop. Great. How old would you have been when you did that? Uh, probably like year nine did you do that on it was a solo project it was a solo endeavor yes um the film got shown at the bfi and i remember like them critiquing my film afterwards and being like did you i love like what you've done with like having the camera angle like be from below and like wonky i love that and i was like that it was meant to be straight like that wasn't a stylistic (laughs) choice i thought that was straight um Yeah, what else? Honestly, the list is... Well, do you remember the story? Do you remember what the plot was of the button shop? There was definitely... What happened? There was definitely no plot. I feel like I've only learnt literally within the last year about, like, (laughs) how plots and narratives work within film. So it was literally just... There's a man who works in the button shop. Yeah, it was just like an interview. I'd go after school, like, like every week and go and chat to him about the buttons oh it was a documentary oh sorry yeah it was a documentary oh my god i hear i am thinking that you've invented this button that shop. is so much better i also was part of um a newspaper club and i was also part of this other extracurricular club where we had to made a magazine i was when i was in secondary school my whole ambition was to be editor of vogue like that was like my number one thing that i genuinely thought that was on my my part my trajectory well it was but judging by what you're telling me it was on your trajectory you were in magazine club you were in newspaper club and you made button films exactly so there you go but then obviously i've gone through a different path but there's still time there's still time. People don't achieve a job like editor in Vogue until they're 47. Exactly, exactly. It would be insane for you to do that now. Well, what were you doing in newspaper club um, and magazine well, club? Well, I was actually the editor <laughs> of the newspaper <laughs> club. Basically, of course. What, but what happened was we got to do, it was like a week-long thing. No, it was like a running up. Actually, I think it was over quite some time, but then the, it, it accumulated in us going to the Reuters, which is this big news org- organisation that like basically like have all the news and they like give it out to other people. I, th- I think, and um, we would make this. We made this newspaper. We had like two days where we made it. I was the editor, so I was in charge of like what everyone was going to be writing about and like all of the the way it looked and everything. And then basically, after the first day. Um, it was like 4pm and I had the worst period pains of maybe my entire life I was went white like a ghost I was projectile vomiting (laughs) in the office (laughs) and um, my mum had to come and get me um, and I was in the fetal position (laughs) in the toilet at the time um and so basically I was stripped from my role as editor and I didn't go back again. Oh, so, the cutthroat world of journalism. So the deputy editor had to stand in as editor and I was honestly so distraught. And I was just in bed with a hot water bottle, like just fucking being, it's, this is a, a, being a woman 
It's a fucking nightmare. Well, I was going to say, was the deputy, ed- deputy editor who stepped in a man? No, luckily she's a woman because I went to a girl's school. Thank but... God, because the, the fucking metaphor that would have been. I for, know. Instead, I mean, that would have been such a rude awakening to the sexist world of journalism you're about to go into. Um, that's pretty cutthroat. That feels pretty horrible that you you were so close to achieving your dream as a teenager. And it was just taken away from fuck, me. You were, at, you were at the HQ of all news. Yeah, I was. I was there. With a, what a chance. And then it just all, fuck. And that was, so that was part of Newspaper Club. Yeah, Newspaper Club. And is Magazine Club a different thing? Yeah, sorry. Magazine Club wasn't really actually Magazine Club. I just decided that I wanted to make a magazine. I was also then part of um, Jewelry Club. <laughs> Jewelry Club. <laughs> jewelry club run by the dt department and i i remember making you know like those put like putty like squishy stuff you then you put it in an oven and it goes hard sure clay okay clay clay um and yeah so i remember making a necklace that was like a vogue magazine tiny vogue magazine or a necklace out of clay and I, and I remember at the time on on um, necklaces famously sort of usually in the metal family no it was a clay it was a clay necklace with like a string around it it was like right yeah and i remember at the time making this this vogue clay necklace and this girl called izzy was sat next to me and she goes oh is that a vogue magazine and i was like yeah and she was like why have you done that and i was like oh because i want to be editor of vogue. vogue and she goes so do i oh what and I remember being like and it was this massive (laughs) moment of like I can't believe this that there is somebody else in my jewellery class that has the same ambitions as me and I remember really getting so upset in my head being like no the most astonishing thing about that is that you didn't meet in magazine club no you met in jewellery club Club. (laughs) but I was like this bitch I can't believe she's trying to steal my fucking job so Um, funny to have a rival immediately had a nemesis did, were you then, like, pretty anti this Izzy girl for a while? Yeah, and also she spoke fluent French, which is just such <laughs> annoying because obviously everyone knows the... Paris, the home of fashion. I was like, I can't believe it. In the film in the film of your school days, I mean, th- this if this came up, if I was watching an autobiographical film of your life and this happened, I would say, I do not believe that. That is exactly the enemy you would write for someone whose dream is to be editor of Vogue is someone who speaks fluent French and also wants to be editor of Vogue and called Izzy. And she's you, stunning. I'm actually friends... Even being I'm called fr- Izzy in the thing, it would be pretty. It would be too on the nose, don't you think? It would be, but I'm friends with her now, actually, and she, she's a sports agent, so good good riddance. Wow. Different directions. Was she in Magazine Club? No, she wasn't. She wasn't. Well, what is, kind of ambition is exactly, that? Exactly, exactly. So I'm saying... <laughs> does she still... Um, you're still friends. Does she still harbour any uh, desires to be Vogue editor? I don't think so. I, you know what? We're not close friends. I haven't spoken to her about it recently. Maybe I should bring it up. Please do. And please record it and then send it for the edit of this. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I was also... That's so um, funny that you had a you had a fucking jewelry club. evil twin immediately. Oh, yeah, in the evil twin. I also was... Um, I also often worked um, at the breakfast club. <laughs> sure. The popular um, eatery. Yeah, the breakfast club. Because basically my school didn't have a canteen. You had to bring your own packed lunch. Um, which now I'm thinking about it was so annoying, actually, um, because the canteen would have made everything really easy. Um, but yeah, so we had a breakfast club, though. So in the morning before school from 8am, you um, could go to the breakfast club and you could get a Pop-Tart <laughs> pop uh, and a cup of tea. So I did work there. Um, and I also was a library assistant. I worked at the library. <laughs> I mean, when would you? when did you ever have free time to make a <laughs> film about buttons? You're the busiest kid I've ever met in my life. This is ridiculous. Every lunch, every break, I was I was in the after, I was in the clubs, and also after school, I would be in the clubs too. It's so funny that I mean, okay, now when this clip is eventually taken out of context and used as the trailer for the episode, <laughs> given that you spend a lot of time interviewing rappers and grime stars, given that you just said the sentence every break, every lunch, and after school, I was in the clubs, people are going to think you mean something else, and all it means is. <laughs> You were thinking about making clay necklaces of magazines and films about buttons. Exactly. I mean, in the club. Is it on brand? 
Very much <laughs> so. In, that's your, yeah, if you do a parody of 50 Cent, then this is where it goes. Yeah, me in, in the after school club. <laughs> <laughs> you were pretty critical of Vogue magazines, is that right? Because you were so desperate to be editor. Did you basically edit them yourself? Yeah, so I, ba- I basically, I've actually bought it today. I had a scrapbook where I would cut out cut out bits of Vogue like I'll show you fucking it's just falling apart but I cut out bits of Vogue and um write my um thoughts well when you say thoughts were they your was it analysis of Vogue or was it, it your it, versions of the article no that would go it was with the my picture? analysis of <laughs> their, <laughs> their work because, really confident stuff because as a 13 year old I obviously knew about fashion um and and they needed to they needed to hear it, although they never heard it because it was for my own private journal. Well, did Izzy? Did you ever show this to Izzy and go, no, "What legwork have you done to be editor of Vogue? I've already done it." No, I didn't. I actually feel like it was quite private. I don't think I told many people about it, or maybe I did. Well, lucky for you, now you're going to tell the upwards of ten listeners to this show. Well, I'm trying to like find something funny that's like actually interesting to talk about oh just give us give us a give us a page as an example so we can we can figure out what the fuck's going on okay so this is about a um a photo shoot called white light white heat okay this is my comments i think that this item did not benefit the magazine in any way one word to describe this shoot ugly oh my god <laughs> the clothes the scene and the model wow and the model and the model out of nowhere <laughs> sorry i haven't read this ever i've never <laughs> read this out loud slash i've never read i haven't read it since i wrote it um if there is going to be nudity <laughs> around the chest <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't like where this is going. Get a model. (laughs) I might have to redo this and say it again. Get a model that doesn't have a flat one. Oh, wow. 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 I I mean, I thought it was going there. I hoped it wasn't going there. It's It's very difficult for me to comment on that sort of thing in the current climate. I can't believe it. (laughs) That is... uh, that is typically cutting of, um, you know, of what I'd expect from the, the kid I predicted you were. And it goes, and then to end it all, it goes underlined, just de- depressing. Just depressing. Fucking hell. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but on your show, you have a reputation of being a little bit no-nonsense and deadpan and not really taking any shit and you know you don't fake laugh to any of your guests Sorry, you don't make yeah. them feel overly comfortable now this was clearly there all along i mean if anything you're a toned down version of who you were as a kid I'm so sorry that I couldn't read that properly. I feel like I'm literally crying with laughter. Um but no, yeah. No, no, but that I, is exactly what but it, it, the fact that you're going in with one word ugly. Ugly exclamation just, point actually exclamation point. Not just the shoot, not just the clothes, but the model. The model who the model, doesn't have a big enough chest. No, the model's to sustain. Get a new model with bigger boobs, please. That's my inner monologue <laughs> talking of me with like literally just mosquito bites, being like, "How dare they put someone um, with no boobs in Vogue?" Disgusting. Um, oh god. Does it continue like that? Are there more? Is it as is it as um, you know, as typically cruel as that? I mean, it's quite a devil wears Prada, really. It is. I really. This is quite. This is more progressive of me. I really like this shoot because the model is not stick thin. Just the right shape for modelling. <laughs> well, I think. The clothes are wearable. However, there is an element of fantasy and fiction. <laughs> Just the right mix. It is upkeeping with the trends. Another key element in this shoot is it is very simple. Not too many props to distract you from the clothes. Okay, that one's a bit more tame. There we go. That's a bit nicer. Now, when you say fantasy and fiction, what do you... Like, is that describing the outfit? I don't know. What was Who the, knows? What, what's the outfit? Well, I don't know because I didn't include any pictures of the outfits in this fucking scrapbook. Oh, right, I've just got the weird title page. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's have a look if there's anything else. Maybe like my earlier ones. 
Oh, my favourite. Very good. She smiled, underlined. No other models sm smile. <laughs> this shows that she good is point. actually human. <laughs> 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 wow it's really i mean you do this is what it takes to be the editor of vogue i, mean, I know the, the... Um, oh, we've got here underscore boring <laughs> wow yeah boring in capital exclamation letters mark. exclamation mark underlined what's with vogue's obsession with enclosed studios and industrial sites <laughs> cool nail varnish <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, yeah, there's a, it's versatile. Okay. These reviews are pretty versatile. Okay, I'm now going to show you. I've got the, the, the um, con, what's it? Like the, the page of people who work there. Okay. And up here I've put future me. <gasps> <laughs> Fu oh, my God. Future me. And um, that's an arrow to the editor, editor's name. Um, oh, 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 no. My God. And then look, it says here, maybe a start. And it's assistant <gasps> to the editor. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I mean, it's very sweet. Future me pointing at, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> did you have a vision board when you were this age? Yes, but I've lost it and it's so annoying because I really want to find it again. But I had, it can't have been that different to this, no, right? No, I had a life it must have been... plan. I had a life plan with like the years on of the years of what I would be doing. So would you have just got you, presumably you start. According to that, assistant to the editor. Yeah, and then I did actually go to Central St. Martins to, for university and I studied fashion journalism. That's a true story. And that's, that is still because I did think that I wanted to work in fashion. But um, when, did it change, when did you change your mind that you didn't want to be... Or do you still want to be Vogue editor? Well, no, I'm obviously... I am interested in fashion, but, but and like fashion writing, obviously now the stuff that's in Vogue, actually the Vogue currently is brilliant. Um, edited by Edward Annenfell and like the stuff they have in there is so great like Marcus Rashford's on the cover at the moment um but like yeah I I feel like when Chicken Shop Date started to get a bit more traction actually not even when it got traction I just realized that like I'm more interested in like in music and entertainment stuff rather than specifically fashion fashion is, can be very limiting I think as well but yeah um it was always been a love of mine. I mean, it's just so on brand. So much of it is exactly what the audience would expect of you to say. Boring with an exclamation Boring. mark. Boring. It's just like, I can just picture. I can just picture it as he makes some comment about chicken, and then you go. This is boring. Talk about music. It's so like it's so on brand. You just deadpanning. You just you deadpan the whole thing. It's it works. so judgmental. Then, and then the little bit of vulnerability with future me, maybe a start on the other page. It's it's honestly oh. ridiculous. But I'm glad I did it. I'm happy I did it. Um, but on, no, but on in the, on the cover of the, of the book, it says editor in waiting in like five different. Fonts. Oh yeah, <laughs> so many different fonts from from like what Microsoft Word. Oh my god, that's great. We'll have to put a picture of that up. Yeah, my handwriting used to be so good. I feel like when you're at that age, because you're, you're writing in school class every day, your writing is so neat. And now, when I write anything, it's a fucking shambles. There's no need. There's no need to write now. You, you know, editors, they're not handwriting anything. Yeah, you, you've been writing this whole podcast episode. I've been writing things down like just depressing, <laughs> one word ugly, um, and I wrote the phrase nudity around the chest. Nudity around the chest. <laughs> Which is how you chose to word <laughs> that particular bit. Um, white light, white heat, um, not stick thin. Yeah. Uh, no other models smile. This model was smiling. Boring. Boring. Do we also have a copy of your list of your favourite things? We do. Let me get it. Um, so this was now. How so? What age were you when you did the Vogue scrapbook? I was probably in uh, probably twelve, thirteen. So right, this, and what age? This, and you were ten. This list is before the scrapbook. Yeah. So um, this is. Well, I'm fully expecting number one on this list to be Vogue magazine. You're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> okay. 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 So it's called <laughs> my favorite things, and then I have made a list of my favorite things. First on the list is Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. It's nice they get equal standing at number one. As you know, I was a massive Mary Kate and Ashley fan, and still consider them to be a big inspiration for my life. Young and independent. What are they up to? What are they up to now? 
Well, they are, they've got a fashion line called The Row, but um, I just mean more of like their lives when they were making movies, which was just like going to have a fun adventure and like getting a boyfriend after like one day, um, which is still <laughs> what I aspire to do and just doesn't happen for me. So, um, yeah. Sure. I mean, you set up a dating show. I know. So, and it's not going very well. Um, so, yeah, Mary and Ashley, shout out to them if they're listening. Pepsi Max. Were you so? What were you? Were you obsessed with Pepsi Max, or is this a bit of a random thing to have on this list? No, I love Pepsi Max, um, and I remember actually in school having still like this is before I went to secondary school, and I remember in secondary school before they went all healthy and got rid of all of the junk food from the vending machines, I would get a Pepsi Max in lunch break and go absolutely wild, like off the walls, insane. Um, what in the library that you worked in? In, in library, returning the books, just like about twenty books an hour, returning just on reading this mad. So fast. Yeah, reading so fast. Did you have a Pepsi Max pencil case? No. You know the one I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. No, I didn't have one. What did I have? I can't remember, but I remember like going to Ryman's, being like one of the best times of my life. Picking out a new pencil case, a new fountain pen. Yeah. I had the Walker's Crisps salt and vinegar pencil no, case. Oh, that's so good. Zipped I up at the that. side. It was pretty much the talk of the class for a week. That's so good. People were impressed, yeah. I wonder what I had. I also remember being a, a thing, I don't know if you did this in your school, but you were allowed to cover your books, like your workbooks, oh, yeah. in like different, like wrapping paper. And um, that was fun. And you'd have to like go and like decide what you're going to put on your book cover having your book covers it was supposed to, in our school it was supposed to be sticky back plastic that's the only i, I swear yeah, when i was sticky back plastic as well don't you think when you're 13 you heard the phrase sticky back plastic said maybe 10 times a day and i've not heard it as an adult once it's true sticky back plastic was just said really fast <laughs> all the time and then people would come in with like shoddy versions of it where they've done it themselves really good ones where their mum's done it and then there would always be one boy who came in and it was in cling film no we never had a cling film but that is hilarious his name was unlucky mate birthday's april the 11th you should sit next to him anyway go on then pepsi max what's next oh oh writing stories well i mean what i find interesting about that is this is a podcast about (laughs) early creative writing that people did and you have not brought a story along for us to (laughs) hear and yet your third favorite thing to do is writing stories stories. i found some in my mum's cupboard and they were just so boring that I couldn't bring them on the show. Okay. They were just honestly <laughs> dull. And I was like, at least my faux scrapbook is vaguely funny. Fourth, yeah, is act- acting. That makes sense. I didn't even do that much of it, but... You were in the musicals. I was in the musicals, yeah, but I only had, like, small parts. But I always remember growing up wanting to be Keira Knightley. God, you wanted... There's a lot of stuff you wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it all. Um, okay, next is swimming. Good swimmer. Got your badges. I was actually in swim club, um, believe it or not. <laughs> of course, um, sorry. How dare I question whether or not you... I bet you founded swim club. No, I didn't, actually. But I was in swim club and I got... I got in the swim team in year seven because someone was ill and they had to pull out. So so I was put on the team and I did backstroke and I finished last and then also was in the relay and we lost because of me being so slow. But anyway... Um, oh god, but still... Well, did it make your list before or after you had uh, let everyone down? Before I let everyone down. So it was when I still had... right. Had some kind of hope, hope in your heart. Yeah. Next on the list is king size cozy beds. <laughs> <laughs> I say the word princess is thrown around a bit much, but that's insane. Specific, you have a specific size in your head. <laughs> it's because I didn't. As a child, it's because I presumably that you're pretty small at this age. Yeah. So a double bed is a king size bed for a child, but I had a single bed growing up, which is probably why. I wanted a king size bed because fuck yeah, fuck single it. beds. I was the same, yeah. Big single bed for a long time, was furious about it. And if I made this list myself, you know what? I'm not I'm gonna say writing stories, acting, king size cozy bed, and Mary Kate and Ashley might have featured on my own list yes, at this age. I love that. Pepsi Max would not have featured. 
So I've got some more on the list. It's quite a long list. Next up is My Family. The sitcom? Uh, yeah, so I was talking to my sister about this list recently and she is convinced that it's the show and not our actual family. <laughs> um, that I'm... <laughs> that I, that <laughs> yeah. are one of my favourite things, which I also believe it would still be even if it was your family they are still insultingly far yeah, down they are. the list they're, they're like lower lower third so it almost has to be the sitcom to make it, it okay then, and, and also were you a big fan of the sitcom my family yes 100 percent. that was like one of my favorite shows growing up which we'd watch as a family um and i loved it and i think that it is it is this tv show because the next one down is rosemary and time remind me and the listeners of what that show is oh well for those who don't know it's a detective program about two gardeners and they are both miss marple-esque detectives like as in they always uh, they're always in situations where someone's murdered and they always manage to figure out who did it but yet they're not police so are they okay and is it always a murder that takes place in a garden pretty much it's always to do with gardening <laughs> so it's pretty it's a, basically it's digging it's ground force it, but it's, dark it's ground force with death yeah was it a kid-friendly show no but i was really into um detective programs growing up like very right. much show like, like a lot of the stuff that i shouldn't be watching i was i was there watching it i also um was obsessed with csi growing up and i actually had a subscription to csi magazine which <laughs> <laughs> i mean of course you did which... you can't you look you can't be a magazine club without subscribing to csi magazine <laughs> would give you every two weeks you'd get a dvd along with the magazine with two episodes of csi and basically one day i um wrote an incredibly detailed plan of how to get away with murder and i showed it to my mum and she cancelled my subscription to csi magazine (laughs) and i was distraught (laughs) yeah i mean i mean that's the absolute least your mum should have done in that case yeah I was like... I mean, it's her only reaction. I remember You're it literally now. saying, here's how to get away with murder. And rather than, you know, taking you to see a psychiatrist or getting rid of every knife in the house, you've just gone, right, no more magazines. <laughs> no you can still watch Rosemary in Time, do what you want, but... No more CSI for you. Well, okay, it now comes to the time where I have to score your work on three different categories. Those okay. categories are originality, pure teen horniness... Oh and my Mickey God, Mouse Club. Yeah, I mean, you haven't really said anything that would be relevant <laughs> to that. Actually, no, that's not true. So, originality, pure teen horniness, and Mickey Mouse Club slash Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. The aforementioned, how close is it to your work now? Does it show the potential of a future star? Now, originality, um, I've never heard of a necklace made of clay. So, you're going to have to score pretty high on the jewellery front minimum. Plus, I don't think anyone at age 13 is um, reviewing... <laughs> a magazine quite the cutting way that you were calling it boring uh so and some of the things on your favorites list you'd expect but some from like a kid but there are some like my family and rosemary and time and csi (laughs) magazine that are just pretty fucking random so originality i'm gonna go for a four out of five oh my god Uh, yay and then we come to pure teen horniness now look it's some of the least horny stuff i've ever heard in my life um but you do go in quite heavy on whether or not this model needs to have bigger boobs. <laughs> I would argue that's a pretty, whether it was coming from a horny angle or not, subject matter wise, is a pretty horny way to go when you're just reviewing an article. So I'm going to go, given that the rest of it isn't, I mean, you do, yeah, you're talking about the model being ugly and not having big boobs <laughs> and you're, you're depressed. You're I depressed think, by that fact. I am depressed. I think I actually should actually score very high on this new category of yours, which is misogyny. Um, and, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, we can't do that because otherwise all the episodes are unbroadcastable. Oh, a lot, this was a, di- a, a lot of people's early work. It's from a different era. It's from a different time. <laughs> and everyone's a teenager coming to terms with equality. So I will go for a three out of five for pure teen horniness. Mickey Mouse Club, I mean, how close is it to your work now? Does it show potential of a future star? I mean, absolutely it does. The cutting barbs that you do throughout, I mean, the fucking, the, it's brutal. It's savage. So I've got to go five out of five. Wow. You, one word, ugly, boring, exclamation mark, just depressing. Just I mean, all things underlined. I can imagine you saying on a chicken shop date right now. So that gives you a total score of 12 out of 15. 
which is an extremely impressive score. Congratulations. Thank you so um, much. Is that the highest score? I mean, do you want me to say yes? The answer isn't yes. Oh, but I... damn it. <laughs> One person on this show has once got a 15 out of 15, and that person is me, because you have to score <laughs> me in a minute, and I have to do my work. So now I'll read you some of my work. The bit I've chosen to read you um, is specifically because you interview a lot of rappers, and I found a thing, a document on my laptop called Some Rap Shit um, from when I was 16. Okay. So these are, I believe, these are, I believe, some lyrics. Uh, from when I was 16. I can't wait. For like nothing. It's not for anything. It's not very long, but here we go. Here I am. I'm back where I began. Pick my drawing board out of the bin for a new plan. Because I tried this before and nothing happened but soul-destroying, grief-deploying ache that made me fall to the floor. And then suddenly, four years later, when I'm another me, this girl from my old world comes running over and she's hugging me. And I can see I'm sinking back into the sea I nearly drowned in. In this war, I can't see our men. I feel surrounded. It's me on my own and I can't keep afloat because when she puts her hair up, it shoots a hole in my boat. So now I'm treading water trying to keep my head above the waves and then she sends me a text with an extra X and I'm saved. That was incredible. I oh, love yeah? that. A lovely bit of old rap from that a 16 year old. That was actually me. so good. Yeah, you think I've got bars? Yeah, literally. Can and I be you... on Chicken Shop Date now? No, absolutely not. Oh. But it right. was so. That was really good. Do you think there's flow? Was there flow? It's, it's conscious rap, I think. What is, what is that style of rap? It's like um, Lorcana. Fine. I'm not comparing that to Lorcana, by the way. <laughs> Why, thank you. Finally, someone comes on here and says it and is an expert. But it's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're thinking about the world. Okay. I mean, there's lines in there that I definitely like. As a 16-year-old to say, a girl from my old world comes running over. It's like, well, I don't have an old world. Yeah, I know, but they, we don't know that. I clearly um, was into ponytails because I said when she puts her hair up. Yeah, that, I like that line in the boat. I like the water theme as well. I would say it's quite depressing. Yeah, that's very much that sort of, yeah, that would be my vibe. It was, uh, were, you, were you depressed? Were you sad well, as would a child? You, if you were reviewing it, would you say just depressing? Uh, yes, With I an would. exclamation mark that, underlined. That, that rap was just depressing, but it was, impre- depressing. it was impressive and depressing. Well, I need your scores for the rap. So the first one is originality out of five. Okay, out of five, I'm going to go with a four because I really do feel like some of the words you used and some of the... I think it was interesting, like the water and the ship and the boat, and I I liked it. Thank you very much. What about pure teen horniness? Well, yeah, you were talking about a girl, (laughs) so for that reason, I feel like it was actually very horny. And you need to... You, it's it's pretty it's horny, yeah. Quite, you quite carp about her, really, it sounded like. So I'm going to say five. Yeah, fair enough. I deserve that. And then the last one, Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gooseclaw. How close is it to my work now? Does it show the potential of a future star? Do you see a similar vibe? Um, I wouldn't... I mean, I don't know. Do you rap now? Not really. I don't find myself rapping very no. often. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, I think the writing is good. Um, but as you're not really into the whole rap game at the moment, um, I would say... <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for qualifying that with at the moment, because you never know. You never know, though. What's you never the know. Um, I think maybe a two. Okay. I think that's fair. But that's also uh, a tactical, so that I get a better score than you. Yeah, I did think that. It is, a, it is 11. I mean, that does take the piss a little bit. So, but I'm going to stick to it. That is the kind of, that's the kind of ruthless nature you need to be editor of Vogue. You just will do anything to win, whatever it takes, regardless of what Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score I deserve for that. You're just giving it a fucking two. And it's your fault in the first place because you went too high with the horny score. But I do appreciate it. I mean, the reading you a rap was literally entirely just a bid to be invited onto Chicken Shop Date. Oh, well, I appreciate the effort. But you have... so I have to achieve more than that, do I? Yeah, just a bit. What's the What's the minimum requirement? Mm, win a mobo. I'll try my best. Well, all right. That means that with you, with a score of twelve to playing against my score of eleven out of fifteen, you do win the episode. Yay! But as ever with early work, the message of the show is we are both losers. Oh, there are no winners here. Um, it now comes the time for you to um, play us out with one final piece now I think what I would like to hear if you wouldn't mind is a dramatic reading of your favourite things because okay. it'll give a real challenge to our um, music department and our sound effects department to see how they're going to score um, things like Pepsi Max uh, and swimming 
I just say I'm nervous. Good. That's what I like to hear. Nerves are good. Okay. My favourite things. Mary-Kate and Ashley. Pepsi Max. Writing stories. Acting. Swimming. King-size cosy beds. Sky Plus Box. My family. Rosemary and Time TV. Zion Park. London. Disneyland. Manchester. UNT underscore. Dolphins. And Harrods. There it was, Amelia de Moldenberg's favourite things with the dramatic backing. That could be a wrap easily. She's going to have to interview herself soon. I mean, that's going to be pretty dry. That's going to, I mean, that's going to be the dry as that. I don't know if I could handle that level of dryness. I'm very disappointed, by the way, that at the time I didn't pick up on the fact that Amelia was in every club going, as she mentioned, and her favourite band that she was obsessed with was S Club 7. God damn it. I'm so out of practice. I'm rusty. We're in a pandemic. I don't have the sharpness from live comedy. If I was gigging loads at the moment, trust me, I'd have been right on that. I'd have been straight on that. I'd been like, oh, you like clubs, do you? Well, how many clubs are you a member of? Seven. Like like the band you like, S Club Seven. And then everyone, you'd have all clapped. And you'd have cheered as you listened to this on, um, you know, on your Walkmans. You'd have gone mental. Mickey Mouse Club as well. Fuck. Christ, I would like to issue an official statement formally apologising for this negligence on my part. But as ever, regardless of that, I would like to encourage you to subscribe, to leave us a review. And I'd like to recommend another podcast, actually. Um, I'd like to, but I can't because they're all rubbish. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.